a little bit ruthless also with yourself because sometimes people reflect things about you that suck and we all have things that suck and we need to be willing to look at the things that suck and hold them with compassion and hold them you know with the acceptance of like yeah of course I have some some downsides and so it's not just like oh I didn't like what you said so therefore it doesn't resonate with me you know we have to be willing to to take the knife sometimes Welcome back to Big Queen Energy. I'm your girl, Nicole Rose, with the podcast all about the mindset of a true queen. I'm a semi retired DJ turned podcaster obsessed with positivity, psychology, and manifestation. Here to support you on your journey to attracting your dreams. Let's get it. Hello, ladies. I am so excited to be back with you on Big Queen Energy. Today on the show, we have a very, very juicy episode. We are chatting with Lopa Vandermersch about spiritual sovereignty, what it's like on the inside of a real-life cult, healing with adaptogens, quitting coffee, and more. Queen Lopa is many, many things. She's an Ayurvedic practitioner, mother of two, sustainability advocate, TEDx speaker, and recovering cult member. Her adventures have taken her around the world in search of health, spiritual fulfillment, and good vibes. Two years ago, she added a new chapter to her life story, founder and CEO of Rasa, the adaptogenic coffee alternative revolutionizing the way that we energize ourselves. So I am so, so, so excited to welcome Lopa to the show. How are you, Lopa? Sup, babe? I'm doing so well. So good to be with you. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Thank you for coming on. I am, I honestly, I'm just really excited to talk to you. I watched every single documentary on Nexium that I possibly could. So I am just like, oh, this woman from a cult wants to come on the pod. Like, I am here for it. So let's start there. Does that sound good? I, I mean, that's like just getting right to the meat of it. Awesome. Great. Let's dive the fuck in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. So where are you living? Where was the cult base? Like, can you set the scene for us a little bit? Yes, yes. So I am currently in Boulder, Colorado. At the time, I was actually living in New York. Okay. With my now husband. And we had gone on an around the world trip. And we were in India. And there, uh, doing a panchakarma, which is an Ayurvedic, gentle, amazing Holy shit, I could do a whole, whole episode on Panchakarma. Detox, cleanse, kind of. Okay. And met a woman there that... I'm sure I need that. <laughs> everyone needs that. <laughs> totally. Um, and met a woman there that she was talking about her teacher. And I've been a spiritual seeker, like, since I was yeah. 16. I was like... I, the first time I heard enlightenment, the word enlightenment, I was like, yeah, I want that. That's the thing, right? That's what I want. Yeah. And so I've been on this quest, you know, just hungry and looking for more and looking for more. And so we meet this woman in India and she, she was talking about her teacher and she was talking about, you know, these experiences that she was having. There was lightning going up my spine and yeah. you know, we were like seeing other dimensional beings and, you know, all this stuff that I was like, I want that yes, let's find this woman, this teacher. And so she told me where to find her and she was in Bali. And oh God, I love Bali. Okay. I love Bali too so much. And what, what part of Bali? Uh, Ubud. Okay. Oh, Ubud is so spiritual. Okay. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Ubud is amazing. And fortunately my experience with the cult did not like overlap or it didn't it didn't fuck up my relationship to Bali. I still love Bali. It's not like I have a traumatic experience thinking of Bali. I just yeah. think of like, Oh, just like like my soul gets drenched in nectar when I think about Bali. Okay. I just love that place so much. Like random sidebar quickly. I actually do have a traumatic experience with Bali. My doorman broke into my house and masturbated on my couch. And I saw him on my Nest cameras, caught him in real time on my trip to Bali. Don't think I've ever said that on the podcast. I know. Guys, she can't even talk. She's like literally, she's shocked. Hand over mouth full. Like, oh my god. Yeah, but wow. but honestly, I was able to overcome it so quickly because I feel like Bali is a place that kind of accentuates just your mm. spiritual connection, like my oh, it healing. Does. It does. That place is so alive. That place is just, uh, which is part of why this woman was down there, and so. 
Yeah, I mean, first we meet her, and I had had, uh, like, for seven, eight, nine, I don't actually have to do the math, um, years before that, I was really deep in a enlightenment tradition of its own. Um, Kashmiri Shaivite Tantra, I was initiated into a lineage, my name was given to me by my guru, like, I was, like, hook, line, and sinker in this kind of path, um, and she happened to know my f- former teacher, um, I had left for various reasons, um, Still amazing teacher, just not the right fit at the time. And, uh, yeah, she she knew this person. We had, like, this Ayurvedic consult with her that ended up going five hours. You know, and so, like, we're well, like... Wait, hold on, pause, though. What do, I mean, I, you're just so spiritually advanced. What what happens in an Ayurvedic consult? I, I, mean, I, I mean, everyone is Googling it right now, so can you just tell us briefly? <laughs> <laughs> so an Ayurvedic consult generally is, um, you know, they're looking at your constitution, trying to understand your history. Basically, in Ayurveda, we have a constitution that we're born with, and then we have a constitution that we've adapted in all the ways we fucked ourselves up in all all the course of our lives. Um, And they're working to kind of help take away the layers of adaptation and get us back Mm -hmm. to more of our core self. So like environment versus experience, but just kind of going back to your roots. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so they're looking at your tongue, they're testing your pulse, they're asking about your lifestyle and your history and all of these things to just get a sense of what are the lifestyle adjustments and herb adjustments that you can make to basically have more balance. And when you have more balance in your body, you have more balance in your mind and, you know, ultimately makes this amazing uh, foundation for spiritual growth in a way of in terms of how we how we tend to our body and live in harmony with nature they'd probably ask me to drink less rose <laughs> like, they're not like super big on rose but um i'm a big fan of i'm a big fan of 80 20 um i <laughs> yeah yeah, I like I like my glass of wine, but it's about you know finding the right balance for you and your body and understanding what balance feels like also in your body. So start there, go on for like five hours, and you know now when I look back, I could have seen all these red flags, of course, you know. But at the time, I'm feeling really special that she's wanting to spend all this time with us, yeah. and she's this okay. So she's like this small Indian woman, very beautiful. And, like, so powerful. You know, really, she has tons of charisma, tons of just... And and she also... She, she like, growls and hisses and stuff in the context <laughs> of the... Of, she's, you know, she'll be talking and then she's like... I'm, like, getting Harry Potter vibes. And, you know... <laughs> What's that? I'm like getting Harry Potter vibes. Totally. You know, I actually haven't seen any of the Harry Potter. My kids are a little bit young. Okay. And so like once they're a little older, I'm really excited. I'm just kind of waiting. To, I shamelessly to binge watch that in my 20s. Okay. So she's she's grunting. She's assessing you. Yeah. She's assessing us and she's going deep into our life experience and all this stuff. And, you know, she tells me that I'm this amazing, you know, trained yogini who, you know, like... From all my experience, I'm one of the best trained yoginis in the world. And so I'm feeling all like, wow, amazing. And I feel so seen. And, you know, I've done tons of spiritual practice and lots of retreats and all that stuff. And so, like, it was nice to have my my ego buffed in that way or whatever. Of course. Um, which is obviously not why we do these things. But, you know, um, <laughs> but, you know, now I look back and I could have seen all these all these red flags and I could have been like, you know, maybe the, like I saw the growling and hissing is like, well, what is that? And that's cool. And I'm kind of interested in like what, you know, what's going on here? And, you know, it. you never know you're getting into a cult when you get into a cult. Nobody is like, yeah. join my cult. You know, like, that's obviously not how these things happen. Um, I I felt, you know, a tremendous amount of energy from her. I, I had experiences, you know, that were like psychedelic experiences that without any drugs whatsoever. And so I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, that alone would convince so- me to sign up. <laughs> Of course. So we all we all want that kind of magic. But, you know, it not all of us actually are like supposed to experience reality in that way as mm-hmm. a path to to awakening, you know. And so that's one of the things it's easy to get caught up in the magic. It's easy to get caught up in the otherworldly. And I did that. I totally did that. I, I saw her magic as special powers that were a sign of her enlightenment or attainment. My husband, on the other hand, who was my fiance at the time. Uh, did not see or experience this and was like, that shit's toxic. We're getting out of here. And I was like, no, 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 no. You just don't get it. You're not spiritual enough. And he was like, yes, 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 yes. This is poison. Please, can we go? And we fought vehemently for two weeks. And now he was right. (laughs) You know, he was right. 
but but did you pull him in like who won that battle because you guys have been together like how many couples stay together through a cult experience that's got to be rare i think it's pretty rare and in fact she she kind of pitched like oh i break up couples all the time like don't you, you shouldn't oh my God. be here if you want to stay together. We actually ended up getting married while we were in the cult. We actually wrote her into our vows. That's how, like, in we were in. Um, how did he come from, go from, like, thinking she was toxic to falling in love and putting her in the vows? Exactly. Great question. Um, so she... We got to this kind of ultimatum place. He was like, can you just go and study with other teachers? And I was like... You're making her guilty until proven innocent. Can you just, like, sit with her while we're in Bali still for the next couple weeks and just, like, see what happens, you know? And if you still hate it, great. Well, like, I'll go and I'll I'll find other teachers and I'll study with other teachers. And he finally, he felt like if he didn't go in that he would lose me. That was okay. fundamentally it. He chose me instead of, like, choosing his sanity, which is, you know, beautiful and also uh, at what cost. It, it cost us a lot of mental health and you know all the rest but still you're lucky because i don't have a guy that will choose me for more than three weeks i mean this guy went into a cult <laughs> yeah man oh gosh bless him <laughs> yeah he endured quite a lot so so we sat with her a bit you know and she would kind of do these teachings and you know i continue to have kind of these amazing experiences people around us are like you know it gets crazier and crazier as you get more and more in, you know, and she's a little bit like crazy on the front in terms of like the growling and hissing. And there's like speaking in tongues in her yoga class at yoga barn and, you know, stuff like that. But because it's in this group context, it's kind of normalized and you're like, okay, this is just kind of what it's supposed to be, I guess. And like, wow, I guess I'm not very spiritual because I'm not speaking in tongues yet. Right. And <laughs> in the meantime, she's basically in, in cult, the cult world, it's called love bombing. So you start with just this kind of like, you know, really reflecting the person and I see you and like all of these different things. And and she was really, he was questioning her and he was like, he's very a skeptical person um, in general. And he came in and was like, well, like, I think you're running a cult. He told her that, you know, like, I think, you know, he, he called me Guru Gaga about her. He was like, I think Lopa's Guru Gaga over you. And I think this is total bullshit. And she welcomed it in this way. She was like, I want this. This is a, you're being a good student because you're just ripping me apart. And I want you to rip me apart and like go for the jugular. And it was this way of kind of welcoming him in, but actually not addressing any of the things, you know, so it was like, yeah, I'm so sold. It's fucking brilliant. It's brilliant. Yep. Yep. So he's like, oh, well, she's welcoming my discernment. And he even did have enough discernment to go like two or three steps further, you know, and be like, but you're not answering my question, but you're not, you know, like, but then it was like enough of that in a group context when you're also getting like reflected of like how smart you are and how amazing you are. And like, you can really go the distance. You're, you're like, you're a sign of like, you're a potential real student. Like she wouldn't even call us students because we weren't good enough. None of us were good enough to be her student. So, so it was like that environment that I think started to like, he started to shift and was like, well, maybe she's not so bad and we can kind of keep going. And then it just kind of kept happening. And this was also his first real like spiritual experience too. And so he like, you know, also got kind of hooked in that and the fact that, you know, spiritual practice and seeking and like seeking for the unseen is amazing and incredibly energizing and beautiful. And there was real stuff there with her. Obviously it wasn't like it was just trauma and bullshit. Yeah. You know, nobody gets in a cult because they're just being abused. Well, maybe not, but you know, for the most part, there's something good there that attracts you. And there, she had some great spiritual teachings. And so it was like, I think the combination of all that, that kind of overcame his incredible discernment barrier so that actually is giving me Nexium vibes in the sense that, you know, Nexium was founded on kind of like this group of positive people, right? They were going to these self-development courses, which is different than like the spiritual world, but it makes sense. They're both self-improvement paths, right? Yeah. Or self-development or self-actualization paths. So yours was more spiritual, yoga, healing, you know, psychedelic without drug experiences. And that path was more like, you know, believing in myself. But the same thing, the leaders were pumping everybody up. They wouldn't even call them their students because they weren't there yet, though, on the flip side, you know? Anyway, yeah. I, I guess Which this is, you know, we've cracked the, the, the equation for a cult. 
Yep. Right. Yep. It's that's part of the equation for sure. For sure. You know, and that that like you're not good enough to be a student thing creates this. It's like this dangling carrot where you're like, well, I want to yes. be good enough. And what would it take to be good enough? And so I just need to be more devoted and I need to put more time and energy in and blah, blah, blah. And so it starts with the building up and then it starts with the breaking down. And her path was like it wasn't like love and healing. It was death. It was like you are dying while alive. That's the whole path as you're surrendering to God. And then as you get into it, she's gone. Like it, it, it comes out like you're, you're in this thing. And then it's like, oh, she's actually the greatest incarnation of God to ever walk the planet. And like compared herself to Jesus all the time. And like, if we're lucky enough, we could be her disciples and all this kind of stuff, which when, when you're in, like, that sounds insane right now. And if she had come out the gate pitching that it's like, you know, like asking for marriage on the first date or whatever, you know, like, you, you build up to like when you're like, yeah, no, so I'm, right. I'm God. So I'm God. <laughs> By the way. And... Humble flex. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then this breaking down process. And so she, I think every cult has their own version of the crazy that happens, you know, in the context. So right. it's, it's going to look slightly different for everyone. And in this one, it was a process of emptying um, quote unquote, emptying the shit, you know, like we all have shit in ourselves. And so we're just kind of piling it out. The worst thoughts that we're thinking, the things that we don't want to admit to ourselves, the judgments we have of others, you know, are all of our worst fears, all those things. We're spilling it out to her, the clear mirror, um, to help us purify and clear it so that she can fill us up with the energy of God basically is like the kind of equation. Um, and so there was, we spent time with her in Bali and then we would go back to New York. Um, and there was this online forum where we would spend like between four and 12 hours a day, depending, like just writing our experience, writing what was going on, writing almost every thought that like, it was this thing of like, you, you were supposed to write every thought that you had. Like we up like every conversation that we had that was meaningful. And especially since Stefan and I were together, we had to share every conversation that we had. And I was actually uploading our entire text message history to this online forum that was happening through Google groups. And so there was, even though we were far away, like we were in, 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 and like I was living in New York, but um, a friend of mine came to visit and she was like, wow, you're kind of a hermit in New York. You're not actually living in Wait, New York. In the you city? Know. You were in, the city, in yeah. Manhattan paying, you know, Manhattan rent prices, but just glued to your computer screen. Completely glued to the computer screen. A hundred percent. It's absurd. It was absurd. It's definitely a cult. It was, it was crazy. And at that point I was also, you know, like I was still trying to earn the ability to like be seen as her student and be her student and like get the good stuff. You know, like she was like, oh, this is just, you know, like you guys haven't seen anything yet because like none of you are ready and none of you are empty. And so I was also working for her for free. Everyone says that too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I mean, there are so many, there are so many, I'm I'm not, I don't want to put out there that working for free for somebody means like, or like volunteering your time in a spiritual context means that you're in a cult because there are many situations where it's like, you know, spiritual traditions, it, it's not monetizable in a capitalistic system as as well. Correct. And so there are situations like I, I'm involved in a tea community and, you know, I help them with their business whenever I can kind of thing because I love them and I love what they're doing. But it's not a cult. I'm not like. Yeah. And one of the distinctions of cults is in in like cult academia, I guess you could say. They also call them high demand groups. It's like, how much of a demand is there on your time? And in this case, there was a, a total demand on our time. Like we, like, we were supposed to, if we really wanted it, we, we were supposed to move to Bali and live in a community and do all that stuff. But, like, even when we were in New York, like, if I had, like, lunch with a friend, I had to report it back and talk about it. And it was even seen, like, I didn't even feel like it was totally okay for me to have lunch uh-huh. with a friend because I was taking energy away from the group. And so this was the context of like just a tremendous amount of demand. And we were giving her money as well. And, you know, the whole thing. And then at a certain point too, you know, it's, it, it comes, it comes like crashing down in terms of like the love bombing stops and then you start getting the breaking down and then you start getting some, you know, and that takes many forms in our, in our context, it took the form of like public humiliation. So we'd share these thoughts about ourselves on this public forum, public, like, you know, it depended on how many people were there. It would be between like 10 and 20. Um, 
But, you know, sometimes she'd, you know, write things that were just really shaming us. Um, there was, we were calling each other out. We were like targeting each other and, and like being shitty to each other. So there was like no sense of safety within the group. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's, there was some physical violence as well. Like went in person with her, not, not a tremendous amount, but you know, I see, I saw her kick somebody in the stomach. She hit me in the face. She smacked somebody else. She spit in somebody's face. You know, like there was like enough instances to be like, okay, there's like a little bit of something. There. Something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something's wrong. Okay, so wait, did you guys work at the time? Like, how do you pay New York City bills while being in a cult and giving your time away for free and journaling all day long? Yeah, I mean, yeah. journaling all day long sounds like kind of fun, but I certainly wouldn't want anyone to read it. Uh, yeah, no, every, yeah, everybody was reading it. And that, like, that was one of the things, uh-huh. if you didn't read it, if you didn't keep up, then you were, you know, also, like, potentially kicked out. Read and respond. So, uh, off of my husband's salary, and he he really struggled to, like, keep the balance of work and and doing this at the same time. And like he had kind of a special acceptance because exception because he was giving money as well. Got he, it. So there okay. was like he was allowed Someone's to do a little help. bit less. But then mm-hmm. yeah, we basically just lived off of his salary because because he was working full time. And then at, at that time, you know, I was I was working for her for free and then had pretty much gone through my entire savings as well. So, okay, let's go to that moment, right? On this podcast, we talk a lot about mindsets, routines, habits for success, Mm -hmm. you know, how you think about things to get yourself to the next level, right? So I think we're with you at that low, right? Like most cults, it seems like a formula. They build you up, then they break you down. When you're at that low point, you know, they keep you hooked and wanting more. What happened? How low did you get? And when did you say, all right, enough is enough, Mm -hmm. like, Fuck you. Bye, Felicia. Like what, what, what was that moment and how did you extricate yourself from the cult? Yeah. (sighs) You know, I mean the, 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 the true low, I got pregnant and the, there's, there's the, like I could look at it and say like life saved me from death in a way, you know, like Uh potentially a living death because it was the life that was growing in me that suddenly made it not okay for me to keep going through the amount of stress that I was in. And like at its worst, like I was driving around, um, we went to Colorado to visit some family and I remember driving around and I was scream crying. Like, like I've never done anything like this before. It was just like total and I was doing it in the car because it was the only place that I knew that I could do it where nobody could like where I was less likely to be heard and just like just completely like in total complete physical shock and emotional shock and just like scream crying driving around and being like I and and I was pregnant and I'm like my baby is experiencing this right now but I was still so in you know and I was still like I just need to do it I just need to keep going blah 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 and then this very unique circumstance where so cult leaders tend to not like each other uh, or tend to not like other spiritual teachers really are are her and keith rainier not best friends (laughs) no yeah yeah they're usually narcissists and so they can't stand each other and actually we were like wow the best like quote-unquote punishment would be to just get all the cult leaders and just put them on an island together and just be like y'all sort it out Figure out who's truly God. You'll, you'll get it. <laughs> God. Okay. Great. The last one standing will accept the end. <laughs> yep, exactly. And so I was mentioning that I was in this spiritual tradition before, and she had actually studied with that teacher. And she got into this mode of wanting to take him down. And so we were, I was participating in this process of trying to take down my former spiritual teacher, who did nothing truly wrong to me. Had his problems, for sure, but like, not traumatizing, not, you know. And so we were taking him down in this public, this like semi-public Facebook group with like 250 of his students. And so like, you know, we were kind of, I was being the mouthpiece for whatever she was wanting to say, basically. And in that process, somebody who had left a cult a long time ago was watching and he happened to be a lawyer and he was like, hey, can I give you some legal advice? Because like you guys are kind of, you know, getting into some sketchy territory around here. And we're like, sure, of course. Thanks. And so we get on the phone with him and we're like, you know, he gives us the legal advice. And then at the very end of the call, we're just about to get off the phone. And he's like, you know, one last thing. I, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. And you know what? Never mind. I'm sorry. This is actually really not my place. And we're like, what, what, what? You know, like, you can tell us. It's cool. And he had just been so kind yeah. to us. And so we're, like, you know, feeling really open to him. And so it was a really interesting 
cognitive, like way that he surpassed our, like we had this kind of reflexive rejection of anybody who was against her. Like I had friends that were right. like, I'm not so sure about this lady. And I'd be like, cool, you just don't get it. Boom, we are now distanced, you know? Yeah. And he did this, like, first he's offering something. And so like, we're in this kind of safe space. It's not about that at all. And then he did this, like, you know, I'm, you know, it's not my place. And we're like, no, no, it's okay. And then he's like, he did the takeaway. Yeah. And so and me, guys use it all the time and it to- works on me. Ever. I'm like, really? I, Cause I'm ready to drop my pants. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But I digress. <laughs> oh, totally. But it works like cognitively, like in terms of like what it's doing to your brain. Like, and then he even did it again and was like, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I really shouldn't have said anything. And we're like, no, no, no. And so like our minds are becoming receptive to whatever it is it's about to, right. it, it, he's about to say. And he just like went into a couple of minutes of, you know, like, I'm sure I'm sure she's a really beautiful person, but I just see some red flags. And for me, th- like what I've found is we've helped get six or seven people out of the cult since then. And they all have had like one phrase that just like clicked something. And it's so weird. Like, it was, like, one phrase or one tiny incident or one something that was suddenly this awareness of, like, wait a second. What am I doing? Where am I? And for me, it was the, I'm sure she's a really beautiful person. Like, here was somebody who I respected who had a spiritual practice of his own. It wasn't like he was some, you know, kind of outside guy who just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. He was a spiritual teacher in his own right. And I was like, how does he not see that she's God? You know, like, wait, she's just a really beautiful person? Like, and, like, I'm sure she's a really beautiful person, which is kind of dismissive. And then he also gave examples of some really humble teachers that he has studied with over the time and gave some specific examples of that. Like, I remember one of them was, like, he would never let anybody, you know, carry his bags. And, like, she didn't even cut her own fucking nails or squeeze her own lemon into her water. Like, she had her consort assistant um, bodyguard person do all of that. And so there was this, just this real contrast of, like, wow, here's this you know, pretty high spiritual teacher that he's talking about that wouldn't even let somebody carry his suitcases. Um, And here's her, like, you know, getting her nails cut every Wednesday and making sure that, you know, this guy takes care of every single little detail. And it, to me, it exposed a value that I have that she just so profoundly did not. And if, if, Mm -hmm. if nothing else, it's like, I can look at it from a values basis. If this was not something that I wanted to align on, she was not humble. Uh, not even a fucking tiny bit. And I believe humility is, it feels really important to me because it allows for the question and it allows for the openness to possibility. And it allows for things like mindset changes when you're not humble. And, you know, from my own perspective and experience, it's like you get, you get really rigid and she was profoundly not humble. And so, but in that conversation, something popped. It was like literally a bubble popped and we're like, my husband and I were both on the phone at the time, like in different rooms. And we got off the phone because the echo, yeah. we got off the phone with, and we like went to each other and we're like, did you feel that? Like something happened, something just shift, like what happened? And then we're like, oh, we have to, you know, figure it out. And like, it's okay. And, you know, and it's like, we're still not ready to go into that popping of the bubble experience totally. And so we're like, oh, she just needs to know, like, she's, she wants the feedback, you know, remember how she was all like telling my husband, you know, like, welcome all the questions and blah, blah, blah. We just need to give her the feedback that, you know, maybe she's like a little bit too pedestalized and maybe needs a little humility or something. And so we, we gave that. (laughs) That sounds like it's going to go down real well. You can can kind of smell it, right? (laughs) That sounds like a shit sandwich. Good luck with that one, honey. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we did that. And then um, there was 3,000 emails sent in a period of three weeks. I actually like looked in my Google and looked. I was like, wow, 3,000 emails in this context. Because we got off of the forum for some reason that I can't remember the Google group that we were on. And um, just completely like raking us over the coals for, for basically asking any questions. And at that point, my husband was really clear that he we were in a cult and he was now out. And I was still like... I was backing away, but it was this, again, coming back to my baby, I was like, if nothing else, I can't let my, I, I, I am now responsible for another life. Like I, knowing how much stress and trauma I had gone through at the time, I didn't label it as trauma, but just knowing that that right. was really profoundly not good for my body. Like this, like I was not sleeping. So, you know, I was waking up in panic attacks. Like there was 
so much not good about that, you know, the, what was going on in my body. And I was like, I can't do that as a mother. I can't do that to this baby. And so in a way I see it as, as my baby saved me, but it was also, it couldn't have happened without that guy popping the bubble. Right. Totally. So there's so much to unpack there. And by the way, thank you. I just want to pause and say thank you for sharing this incredibly vulnerable story mm. with us. Like, I can't even imagine the experience of, you know, we're all embarrassed. Like, if you start a project and you don't complete it, people are embarrassed, right? Like, yeah. imagine immersing, like, even a business, right, that makes some sales but then ultimately fails in the pandemic. Something that, you know, was was tough for me to swallow at one point in my yeah. life, right? But to go immerse yourself into a cult, change your entire life, go deeply into something for months or years, and then to come out publicly, extricate yourself, and then share your story so that other people can learn from it. And it's also probably somewhat healing for you. But anyway, that's beautiful. And so thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability. We like really deeply appreciate mm. that. Thank you for You're the a queen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I people ask about it all the time and I haven't really talked about it this much in a podcast or, or ever really before. I did an Instagram live and then of course it was the one that never like, just Instagram quit on me and so I couldn't save it. Oh my God. But yeah, so I'm going to point a lot of people, a lot of our people who are like, I want to hear about the call. I'll be like, check out this podcast. Um, so we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be sending some, some of our audience your way too. Well, I'm yeah. so honored to, to be able to get the, you know, for you to spill the tea here. I yeah. mean, this is, this is juicy and mind blowing, but also I think there's so much value in this story so but I want to deflect to you for a second then I'm I'm happy to share my takeaways but what is your like number one takeaway the number one biggest thing you learned from this experience that helped you reclaim your voice and trust your inner guidance again that you know someone else in a different walk of life maybe in a bad relationship or just something else is you know a bad job something else that seems all-consuming but maybe is slightly less intense than a cult would be able to relate to like what would that piece of advice that mindset hack be yeah number one thing is the truth is not outside of you and that was what that was the core thing that got me into the cult was believing that the truth was out there and there are things that can help us in the process of going inward to find the truth but you have to be really walking a razor's edge in terms of how you relate to that and how much you outsource your inner compass. Um, Mm -hmm. Because really, we all have an inner compass and mine went off like a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit. And then suddenly it's pointing in the completely opposite direction, you know, and it's not actually right. Yeah. I've had that experience. I know. I know. But not it's not to this extent, obviously, Mm -hmm. honoring that. But just on a project with with the wrong team or something. And I was like, maybe it's not a good fit. And okay, why are we having all these disagreements about things that seem like basic ways of treating people to me? And then before you know, it's just like a massive disaster a year and a half later, you know? Yep. 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 Exactly. So yeah, know, know that the truth is inside and it's there and your inner voice is there. And sometimes there are a lot of things in between you and being able to hear it clearly. And so it is really important to do that work. And what I did, part of my process coming out of that was looking at every belief that I had. Like, there was no stone unturned. I looked at every single thing and was like, where did I get this? Do I still want it? Is this true? Or did somebody else give this to me? And I was just like, oh, I should have this because this will make me look like a good person. Or this will help protect my wounding. Or this will, all of these things. And so there was, and that's part of why I think I'm able to talk about it so openly too, is like, I don't. I don't have regrets and I really, really went in and I really found like my inner compass and my inner voice. And of course, it's still a process. It's not like a static thing. But that process of of really examining all of the beliefs and all of the systems and all of the like dogmas that I had picked up along the way and all of the patterns. I did a lot of therapy, um, definitely recommend therapy and professional support. If you're If you're going through anything that's like, I can't find my inner voice, I can't find my inner sense of truth, my inner compass, professional help can, can really be, be very valid there and very, very supportive. Um, just in terms of helping us to navigate our own minds because yeah, it can get murky in there, man. So yeah, know that the truth is inside and that the, the real paths are the ones that are pointing you to that and helping you be sovereign in how you find that. 
And, and that can be supported with therapy. That can be spiritual practice. It can be so many different things. It can be our own process of journaling and, you know, find that thing, you know, whatever that is that gives you that spark that helps you be like, oh, I got the thread towards something more in, in, inward, more true. And then just keep following that thread. And, you know, you're born to awaken to your true nature. And it's just a question of, of staying the path. So being ready for your awakenment. Awakening? Oh my God, awakenment is awakenment. not a word, is it? I love it. <laughs> um, I think that's beautiful. You know what's funny too? I-, I love that, that the truth is inside of all of us. And I think that's so important. And it took me... 30 years to learn that too so I don't I don't know exactly what your external age is and you do not need to feel obligated to share but that okay so it I, on, it took me a while to like to get that I, I was looking for the answers outside and, and you never get the right ones because everybody else has all these motivations even if they're not bad every human is self-interested just by nature of being human mm-hmm. you know yep. so they can't even possibly like tell you exactly what's right for you unless maybe they're like a psychic and they really get into that you know unembodied space or something you know i mean i think it's just very rare like you if accessing your own inner guidance and your own intuition is going to be just a better resource than looking to anybody else for that spiritual voice yeah and one note on that too like think about anything that's point because it it can be so helpful to get an astrology reading get a psychic reading get all these different things that help us to see different aspects of ourselves but I think about it like a little bit like flipping a coin. My experience with flipping a coin to make a decision is you flip the coin and then you're like, you'll have a reaction. Either you're like, yay, it's heads or fuck, it's heads. Because inside (laughs) you knew and you wanted the coin to actually help confirm or, you know. Or deny it. Yeah. When when somebody's giving you feedback about yourself, you need to check it against your own experience. And, and be like, oh, does that resonate? Is that like, oh my God, I feel seen and this is what I want and this is what I'm going towards and this and this is who I am? Or is it like, wow, I feel like they didn't quite get me. And you have to be a little bit ruthless also with yourself because sometimes people will reflect things about you that suck and we all have things that suck and we need to be willing to look at the things that suck and hold them with compassion and hold them you know, with the acceptance of like, yeah, of course I have some some downsides. And so it's not just like, oh, I didn't like what you said, so therefore it doesn't resonate with me. You know, we have to be willing to to take the knife sometimes to be able to grow and to be able to remove the barriers to to truth, remove the barriers to love. But but you also have to yeah, keep keep checking it against that own internal compass and it'll get more and more calibrated over time. It's like a muscle. You get stronger yeah. and stronger with it as you keep doing it. Totally agree. I actually think that's a great point. So what I took out of your story, I was obviously you could see me because we're on video chat, guys. And I was just like, had my hand resting on my on my fingers, just kind of like listening. Like it's like I'm a child at story time because I was just feeling so invested in Lopa's future. And I'm just so happy that she's like alive in the flesh and here to tell it, you know, outside of the cult. To me, what really, really stuck out from that story was actually that you used your core values like at a certain point you got pushed so far that you retracted to your own values your core values right of humility of grace of gratitude and you were like this doesn't fit with who i am like it it was it it did or there was some performance whatever going on in the beginning of this but now this doesn't fit with who i am and so i'm out and i think that's a really good message, right? That mm-hmm. if we spend the time to think about our values, compare all opportunities in our lives, you know, uh, you know, things that are especially more transparent, it's a little easier yeah. to compare it to your to your set of values in that sense that it can just help you stay on course, right? Yeah. And, and not waste any of your time living the life that you want to live, right? Rather than somebody else's mm-hmm. idea of what you should be doing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, I love that. Thank you so much for that reflection. And we actually, at Rasa, we just did some core value work as a team. And oh, cool. we had a set of core values and then we took them another level deeper. And it was just like, wow, like how much this influences where we're going and why we're going there and how we how we get there is really profound. 
and so yeah i really really recommend if you don't have like kind of a sense of like what are those values you know and you you might not have it written down on a list like with a company you you know you need to be able to recite them in a certain way because there's an organization around a bigger of course uh, movement forward but for if if you don't have like if you can't rattle off a few values that you would like you know kind of live and die by then i would i would definitely recommend taking some time to just do some core values work and there's some great exercises on google and stuff like that it's actually something that's a part of our mentorship too i don't know if you know this but Amazing. we have a mindset um, it's like we we call it the manifest mindset and it's an eight week course that helps you think about all these things right cuz you know, we just get so busy in our everyday lives. We think we know what we're about. And then we wake up 10 years later and we're like, shit, I'm not doing any of the things that I wanted to do when I was younger or whatever. And so this course just kind of helps with alignment and then gives you tools every day to check in with yourself, right? And just make sure, am I on track? Am I thinking the thoughts that I want to be thinking for the future that I dream of, you know? And, and there is a way, believe it or not, to automate that really easily, so yep. that's that's kind of what it's about. Yep, that's beautiful. That's so powerful. I'm so glad that you're doing that. Oh, thank you. Well, maybe I'll come in and, and do a, a, a mini course with Rasa sometime. Well, that'd be amazing. <laughs> For now, can you explain to us a little bit about that? I'm just intrigued by the product, the company. And by the way, I had this big revelation during your story. And I was like, wow, I so get it right now. I know enough about adaptogens to understand that mm-hmm. we can use them as a natural way to combat stress. And then I'm listening to your story and I'm literally just feeling stressed as fuck for you. And I'm like, wow, this is why she built Rasa. So I totally get it. I, I think I just read your mind on that. You Can you like talk to us about adaptogens, like educate us? We've really mm. not even scratched the surface of it on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, you, you, you tied the thread perfectly between like all this stress and then why I'm now the CEO of a, you know, adaptogenic coffee alternative company. So, uh, the adaptogens help your body adapt to stress. Like that's something that, you know, people hear and stuff, but it's, so, it's actually pretty light in terms of, you know, what they're actually doing. Um, it's a pretty powerful thing in the, the way that they function in your body. So basically your body has two main pathways that it uses to communicate to your adrenals that you're under stress. And that is your, through your neuro, uh, nervous system and through your endocrine system, your nervous system, it's called the sympathoadrenal system, SAS. And through your endocrine system, it's called the uh, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which is HPA axis. Um, And fun fact, a lot of what people call adrenal fatigue is actually HPA axis dysfunction. Um, Adrenal fatigue is actually a little bit of a misnomer. And it's actually that, that, that pathway, that communication pathway that happens through your hormones to tell your adrenals like, hey, we have a stress event. We need some cortisol so we can get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, that stops working when it gets too stressed over too long. Um, and so what adaptogens So do, then it just keeps giving cortisol to your body? Because I think that's what happened to me one day. <laughs> it varies. It varies. It either keeps giving or it doesn't. Um, and then you get oh, just okay. completely exhausted. Um, oh, okay. Like, I don't, have, I don't really have that. Run. Yeah. So it, it like kind of works on overdrive. And then you're just like kind of in this constant sympathetic nervous system state. Or it just completely shuts down and you're in like the the shutdown side of the parasympathetic nervous system. So adaptogens, amazing plants, they grow in these super extreme environments, which like if you look at it from a plant intelligence kind of perspective, they are thriving in stress. Literally, like mm-hmm. that is the water they swim in. They're like, oh, fuck yeah, we're not going to get rain for four, four years. Like, I'm fine. You know, or like, oh, we grow at the top of the mountain in the crack of a, you know, of a, of a rock we're fine. And so they learn how to thrive in stress. And when we take that plant in, we are, we're taking that intelligence of like how to actually thrive in stress and stressful contexts more, which is not to say don't change your life or don't get out of stress. Um, but so the way that they work with that HPA and which with that SAS is they actually, they mimic stress by exercising those two systems. So Often when I say that, people are like, I don't need to mimic stress. I have enough. Um, But it's like, it's literally like exercise. Like exercise, when you go to the gym, when you do whatever you do to take care of your body, that is a good stressor on your body. You are tearing those muscles and they are coming back stronger. And it's the same with adaptogens. They are actually strengthening your body's stress response system through the SAS and through the HPA, which makes you able to handle more stress over longer periods of time and not get so freaked out. So they're really incredible herbs. 
And we basically, when I left the cult, you know, I was fried, completely fried, and then had a baby. And so I needed something to get me through. And I tried coffee and was like, I, my, my nervous system was just fried. And so I started to think yeah. about like, how, wow, this is how, you know, so many people are energizing in this way that actually taxes their nervous system, triggers a cortisol response, like an artificial cortisol response, messes with circadian rhythms. I mean, it's a pretty long list of things. Coffee has some benefits. And I don't want to say like, we're, we're pretty big on, it's not about you have to quit coffee or coffee is the devil or anything like that. It's about you having the right relationship with how you're energizing yourself. <clears throat> and yeah. coffee can, because it is a physically dependent substance, it causes physical dependency and it's very addictive. It, it can be, there's a propensity towards abusing it and not actually being in right relationship with it. And so replacing coffee with adaptogens is a really fantastic way to care for your nervous system, care for your moods, care for your stress response system, and just generally be like a little bit less freaked out, a little bit less of a hot mess um, in all of life. So wait, so w when you're saying this too, what I'm, and you know, obviously I'm going to drink my Ross at home, but what I'm thinking is like, I do this with Rosé, right? For instance, I will have a glass or two and then I will substitute with like a sparkling water or, you know, fruit juice or just something else so that I'm not like, you know, drinking as much alcohol because I might just be drinking it because it's there. So I kind of realize sometimes I do that with coffee mm -hmm. and it's like, maybe I just try to do one coffee in the morning instead of an afternoon coffee, put in my rasa, and then that's more balancing. And it's more like, you know, my substitute without causing damage, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and in fact, kind of like balancing out some of the damage of what, what coffee is doing. And we actually have a blend that's mixed with coffee because it's just, you know, you put these herbs with coffee and they, they really kind of have a neutralizing impact. But for so many people, we are their second cup or their third cup, you know, or their afternoon cup, okay. whatever. So they're just having a little bit less and finding that balance. For some people, it's like, no, a cup of coffee a day is great for me. But it's when I get to two or three or four that, you know, but I still want to drink right. something hot and delicious. And so that's, you know, Rasa can serve for that. Or there's, you know, also tons of people that are trying to cut back or quit. And, um, you know, Rasa has scratched that itch for over 100,000 people now. That's so incredible. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. And I love your story and how you took... I mean, you are goals, right? You took an experience that was so incredibly all-encompassing, stressful, life-altering, out-of-body, right? And you made it into a successful business that's now helped over 100,000 people live a little bit more balanced lifestyle and improved their health. Even if it's only in a cup or two a day, that's still an improvement. And that is so inspiring. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that reflection. And uh, yeah, yeah. Turning, turning shit into gold. I think that's uh, something <laughs> I want to be known for, for sure. Um, and I will say too, the quality of the way we energize can really impact everything in, in our lives. Like just think in the same way of like the quality of what we eat can have a really big impact. And we have had, you know, like, so, you know, sometimes it's a small effect, but we get people saying that this is like life changing and they're more patient with their partners and they're better parents and, you know, able to work on the front lines of COVID for long periods. You know, we just, we get some amazing reviews. And so it's really, it's really cool to see. And we're doing these blends are herbalist formulated. So it's not like there's a lot of companies out there. I hate to throw shade, but there's a lot of companies out there that'll like put a few trendy ingredients on the label just to like be like, oh, this yeah. is trendy. Like we'll put a little bit in there. And it's not really effective doses. And like you're getting it's not therapeutic, right? Yeah, exactly. And with with a cup of rasa, you're getting between two to ten thousand milligrams of adaptogens per serving, which is like you don't really see that out there in the rest of the in the rest of the space. So that's that's where people are having like life changing impacts, because if you're less stressed, you have access to your cognitive executive function, which is your best self. Like it's your ability to make decisions. Right. It's your ability to actually view that mindset that you were talking about, like how your mindset shapes your entire world. Like if you're in a stress response, your mindset sucks inherently. Everybody's it's like For all sure. of us. I'm in... a psycho bitch when I'm stressed. Have you seen me on TV? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And modern life is really fucking stressful. It's not made for humans. Yeah. You know, it's made for productivity and the economic engine. And totally so like, if you true. can just lift yourself a little bit out of that stress response, even fucking five percent is going to make a huge impact in terms of how you're able to view your life and be the 
be the creator and be actually the producer and the director as opposed to just like being the actor who's who's you know just being told what to do and not to not to downplay actors at all but it's just sort of like in that sense of like you are actually writing the script that's, that's I knew what you want. meant yeah you know what I mean I know I, girl I feel like I feel like we're like best friends already I so. know man I really like <laughs> We, we like really out. understand each other. So yeah, I mean, you're in New York still now or where? I'm in Boulder. Boulder. Oh, right. I knew that. Yeah, Sorry. Where okay. I'm, well, I am between like Sarasota, New York, and, and now it's the Hamptons rotation. So nice. <laughs> catch me, catch me in the Hamptons. If you're out there, holler. We're doing July awesome. 4th. I'll be in Boo New York this fall. Well, keep me posted because I, I will be there for the fall too. It's fashion week and that's always a very busy time mm. for me and very stressful time. So I will be drinking some Rasa. So on that note, I just want to say thank you again. I know I like thanked you twice in the middle of the episode because I am just so grateful for this story. But thank you again. This has been incredible, Lopa, and I look forward to getting to know you better. But in the meantime, will you share with all of our ladies how they can connect with you, where they can buy Rasa? Uh, anything else that's important yes we are at wearerasa.com and i am looking i know we have a discount code for you guys and i can't remember big queen um if you use the code big queen you'll get 20 percent off your order and uh, we're also available on amazon and we have a store locator on our website too we're in a few hundred stores around the country so maybe one near you and if not you can always request us and uh we're on the the socials, of course, Instagram, we are Rasa, Facebook, we are Rasa, and we love you. And our team is amazing and just here to help. So if you have any questions about anything at all, you know, they're, they're your friends here to help educate you in the process. And, um, it's not a normal customer service, you know, kind of role or anything. <laughs> We've got just a really amazing group. So yeah, hit us up anywhere. We love it. Oh, well, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure, Nicole. Thank you. All right, ladies, if you loved what you heard today, please remember to subscribe, hit five stars, maybe share it with a girl who needs to hear this advice today. We'd be oh so grateful if you had time to leave a little review too. You can add us on Instagram at Nicole Rose Stillings and at Big Queen Energy Pod. We hope we've brightened your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays in the AM to Big Queen Energy, supporting you on your journey to fearless creation. 